can get started. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's look at some of those things. Father, thank you for tonight. The privilege to be in your house. Thank you for these dear people making it back this evening. We do continue to pray for our pastor as he's gone. Give them traveling mercies when they return. Give them preaching power in the next few days as they preach. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would help all our missionaries that are having an evening service across the world, across the globe. But Lord, there's, there's many people that our church support. And as we support them financially, we also support them prayerfully and ask that their services would go well this evening. We ask that their people would grow and their people would be challenged by your truth. And Lord, we pray for the folks here in Brookings. There are many that are in church this morning that are struggling with health issues and they're struggling with a marriage conflict. They're struggling with financial issues. And Lord, we just pray that you'd lift them up. Give grace where grace is needed. Give mercy and help where mercy and help are needed. And then, Father, for those of us that have gathered here tonight, might we be thankful when the night is over that we came to church? Might we learn something that will help us this week to live for you in a better fashion? Lord, speak to us now through your Holy Spirit as only you can, and we'll be sure to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, the first term or the first word is the word repentance. So under number one there, put repentance. You say, well, what is repentance? Well, just keep following along to the right. Repentance is a change of mind. And because it's a change of mind, your fruit changes. Now, if you want to put an S on there and try to be more grammatically correct than I am, you can put an S on there if you'd like. But uh, I like the word fruit singular because we should be producing good fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's what we should be producing. So I've used the singular fruit. Repentance is a change of mind. Our fruit changes. That's what happens when you're saved, okay? Let's look at Matthew 3 and verse 8. I want all of you to turn to all of these verses. So get your Bible out. Let's fan those pages. And let's start in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8. Okay, repentance. <clears throat> Following biblical salvation, these things occur, and repentance, there are some, there's some debate over this. Does repentance happen exactly the same time you're saved? Do you get saved and then you repent? Do you repent and then you get saved? There's, there's, there's some different stuff out there in understanding all this. But we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And I think after salvation occurs in our heart, we begin to understand how important repentance is. Look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8 with me, if you would. Bringing forth, here it's, uh, actually it's a lecture to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he's calling some of them a generation of vipers. And he says, I want you people, if you truly believe in me, to bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. In other words, if you're a theological expert, but you haven't been saved, then your fruit will show it. But if you are an expert, or if you really love the Word of God, and you are saved, then your fruit should change. Those things you used to do, you shouldn't do them anymore. You know, before I got saved, I did all kinds of things that I didn't think were wrong. I really thought they were right and proper because everybody else was doing them. 
I didn't rob any banks. I didn't shoot anybody. But I felt I was doing everything right. And when I got saved and started reading my Bible, I thought, whoops, that's not really repenting if I'm doing the same things I used to do. So repentance is very, very important. Repentance is a change of mind. I used to go this way and serve myself, and now I'm going this way and I'm serving the Lord. I used to go this way and follow the rules of the road, and now I'm going this way and I'm following the guidelines of God's Word. Repentance is a 180 degree turn from this direction to that direction. And when you and I get saved, repentance is included because it's critically important. We can't just say a little prayer, Jesus saved me, and never change. There needs to be repentance. Without repentance, I don't think there's any genuine salvation. So repentance is very important. And some churches practice easy believism. Sign this card, you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. Live any old way you want. True repentance does not teach that. True repentance indicates that we bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. We prove to others that the Lord has changed our heart and we're living differently. So repentance is the first word. The second word is regeneration. Regeneration. If repentance is a change of the mind, then regeneration is a change of the heart. And if repentance causes us to produce different fruit, then regeneration changes our vision. Your vision changes. You actually begin to see things clearly. Go to John chapter 3 and look at verse number 3. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus is being preached to by none other than Jesus himself. And in John chapter 3, he tells Nicodemus, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, Nicodemus, you have to have two birthdays. And in the middle of that explanation, in verse number 3, we read this. Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, I'm including that in the conversation here, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, what's the next word? He cannot see the kingdom of God. We are blinded to the gospel truth if we're not saved. Before I was saved, I never found any interest in the phone book. The phone book, I never read the phone book. It was dull and boring. Well, before I was saved, the Bible was the same way. It was dull and boring. I'm sorry I'm not causing disrespect to the Lord or His Word, but to me, the Bible was a boring book because it's part of the kingdom of God. And when I got saved, the Lord says, whoop, now you see things differently. You used to see things as the world sees them, but I've given you a new vision. I think we read in Proverbs, without a vision, the people perish. So we need to see clearly what happens in our lives through the Word of God. We are regenerated during the, uh, the Y2K crisis. You remember that at the year 2000? Uh, when, when the calendar turned from 1999 to the year 2000, everybody went out and bought generators. You remember that? They sold millions and millions of generators because they thought the world was going to come to an end because there was going to be a computer crash. Well, everybody bought a generator because they were worried. And uh, believers that get saved are regenerated by the power of God so that we can see clearly because of a change of heart. And I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes I get mad at God that I didn't get saved as a young child. But other times I'm glad that he saved me later on in life at age 30 
so I can understand what people are going through before they get saved. They can't see straight <laughs> before they're saved. And when they're saved, they can actually see how the Word of God works and ministers in their heart and life. So there is definitely a heart change that takes place in regeneration, and it definitely changes our vision. We can actually see the kingdom of God. When you look at God's Word, the Holy Spirit will give you pictures of what God is saying. We can actually see it. A lost person doesn't have that. His eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. That's Satan. And they can't get a clear picture of what salvation is all about. So repentance involves a change of mind and our fruit changes. Regeneration involves a change of the heart and our vision changes. Number three, conversion takes place. Conversion is a change of life. Not wife, life, okay? Conversion is a change of life. And what happens is your trust changes. Your trust changes. Turn to Matthew chapter 18 and look at verse number 3. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 3. Jesus here talking to the little children we get from verse 2. And said to the little children and the others around him, the disciples he was training, he says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, converted, and become as a little and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Can we get to heaven without being converted? Not according to the word of God. We've got to be converted. We've got to be born again. You don't hear a lot of churches singing the song, You must be born again. But it's a truth. You must be born again. You have to be saved. And in salvation, we get repentance going, we get regeneration, and we get conversion that takes place. Unless we are converted and become as little children, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And what happens? Our trust changes. So repentance changes our mind and our fruit changes. Regeneration changes our heart and our vision changes. Conversion changes our life and our trust changes. We have a change of trust. We take everything that we believed in out of our personal selfish trust account and we trust the Lord. And we don't lean upon our own understanding. We, we stop trusting in the individual humanism and we start trusting in the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Adoption is number four. Adoption. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8 and look at verses 14 through 17. Adoption results in a change of family. A change of family. Romans 8, starting in verse number 14. And when there's a change of family, your inheritance changes. You're still with me, class? Say amen. Everybody awake? You got your heads down? Are you falling asleep? Are you having fun? They say amen. A couple of you are having fun, okay? I, 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 this is good reminders for me. I, I love this kind of thinking. Uh, I just, I love going over this again and again in my mind. We get so much. We get so much when we're saved. And we think we just get a little bit. We get so much. Adoption. A change of family. Resulting in an inheritance that changes. Look at Romans 8, starting in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Our inheritance changes. Because our family changes. It's been a while since our church has sang the song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. But we are. God looked down upon earth, he saw little old you, and he said, I'd like to adopt you. And you said, yes, when you trusted him as your personal savior, you got saved. You entered into a different family. My family, my dad was a painter by trade. He painted houses and he painted garages and he painted schoolhouses. He painted everything. That was his occupation. And when he died, you know what I got? And I love my father, so don't, don't, don't be too hard on him. I got a lunchbox, a painted up lunchbox. That's all that was left. And my brothers went in and the rest of the family went in and they emptied out his garage. And, and I ended up with a cross that he had made out of these little ceramic tiles, and I ended up with a lunchbox. And uh, that was it. I mean, we didn't get millions, didn't get thousands, but I still have the lunchbox, and I still love my dad. But when I got saved, I changed families. I was adopted into the family of God. And now what do I get? I get a heaven made of gold. It's amazing. You get a heaven made of gold if you're saved. If you're not saved, you're going to miss that. We have a different, a different inheritance. If we are children of God, it says in verse 17, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. So everything Jesus is benefiting from today, you and I get to have a part of. Because we're adopted into the family of God. Number one is repentance, change of mind, our fruits change. Number two is regeneration, change of heart, our vision changes. Number three was conversion, a change of life. Our trust changes. Number four is adoption, a change of family, and our inheritance changes. Let's look at number five, sanctification. Sanctification is another thing that begins to happen. That's a change of behavior. A change of behavior. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14 through 16. When your behavior changes... Your habits change. Your habits change because you've been given a new heart. You've been given a new heart. Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 14. For by one offering he hath, that would be talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Will I write them? Our habits change. Because with a new heart, it's no longer the laws of God. It's a longing to be like Christ. Huge difference. Huge difference. Because in following of the laws, all we have is legalism. We gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. In true Christianity, it's a longing. I long to go to church. I appreciate you folks. You long to come to church tonight. 
I know you wanted to hear me lead music, but Jeremy wanted that job. Okay? I know you wanted to have a full house, but you longed for church. That's a good thing. You long for prayer. That's a good thing. You long to read your Bible. That's a good thing. Before that, before salvation, it was all law and it was all works. The longing in our heart changes. Our behavior changes. Why? Because of sanctification. And we're in the process of sanctifying ourselves. We're in the process of making ourselves better for the glory of God. Not so that we can throw legalism at other people. So we have sanctification number five, a change of behavior when our habits change. Number six, justification. I think Pastor Yoder said not too long ago, justification means just as if I'd never sinned. Justification. That's a change of state. A change of state. Romans 5 and verse 1. What do I mean by that, Pastor? Glad you asked. Let's go to Romans 5.1. When there's a change of state... Your peace changes. That's the last part of number six there. Your peace changes. We get a peace that the world knows nothing about. Why? Because we are justified in Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace because of justification. That's a change of state. We go from a state of unrest to a state of peace. I think the story was told. I hope I get this right. It's an illustration maybe. Pastor Nick can tell me after church whether I got it right or not. But I think it was Moody. The White L. Moody that was crossing Lake Michigan one day to go see a sister. And during the middle of the crossing he ran into a really, really bad storm. And everybody was fretting like a kitty cat. And some little old lady came up to Dwight L. Moody and said, Mr. Moody, aren't you concerned? Aren't you scared? What if this ship goes down? And he looked at her and said, Ma'am, I've got a sister in Milwaukee that I want to see, and I've got a sister in heaven, and it really doesn't matter which one I see first. See, he had peace in the middle of the storm. He knew God would take care of him. That's what we inherit as believers. That's what we get just as if we've never sinned. That's what we get in Christ. It's all ours. We can have that peace that the world doesn't understand. Isaiah 26.3 Thou wilt keep them in perfect peace. That's ours because of the justification the Lord gives us. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now these are themes throughout the New Testament. I'm just giving you one verse for each of these. There are more of these to hang our hat on. Repentance, regeneration, conversion, adoption, sanctification, justification. Let me give you one more. Glorification. Glorification. And this is a change of place. A change of place. In John chapter 17 and verse number 24. John 17 and verse number 24. <coughs> John 17, of course, being the high priestly prayer of Jesus. His most famous prayer was not our Father which art in heaven. John 17 is his most famous prayer. In the middle of this prayer, the Lord cries out, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That's the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ concerning us. That they may behold my glory. 
that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And when we have a change of place, our location changes. We are with Christ where he is. You say, well, pastor, we haven't died yet. We're not in heaven. Well, right now, July 18th, is that right? Help me out. Is it July 18th? Right now we are in Christ. We are in Christ. We are no longer in self. That was the old life before we were saved. We are now in Christ. And someday you take your Bible and you go through the New Testament and every time you see those two words, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Why? Because He's our glory. And all the glory belongs to Him. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. We are not in self. Now later when we do die, we get to go to heaven. What a glory that will be. And those who are not saved, they end up in hell. And how sad that will be. And how that should grieve us. But because of the glorification that takes place, our location changes and we can be with Christ. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, when everybody else is gone and you're in the emergency room staring at that white ceiling... And all the nurses, they're out having coffee, and so you're in that room all by yourself. Jesus is there with you. That's how much He loves you. That's how He brings glory to Himself. By being with us through the storm. That's why we glorify Him so much. That's why we sing victory in Jesus. That's why we sing so many of our hymns. We're glorifying the Lord. Because we have a change of place. And our location changes. Very quickly in review... Understanding salvation is more than just one word. It also includes repentance, which is a change of mind, and our fruit should change. Regeneration takes place. There's a change of the heart. And we, be, we can begin to see not only what God has for us in His Word, but we can begin to have visions of heaven. Conversion takes place, which means there's a change of life. We no longer trust in ourselves; We trust in the living God. Adoption takes place. We're no longer just a Forsberg, or an Olson, or an Even, or a Mater, we are Christians. They were first called Christians in Antioch. We're Christians. And that's what happens at salvation. The Lord adopts us into His family, and we have a new inheritance. Number five, sanctification is taking place. Our behavior is changing. All things are becoming new. Old things are being put to death. We put off the old man, and we put on the new man. That's a change. That's a sanctification that takes place. Our habits change. Our habits change because we have a new heart. And laws, the laws of God become longings in our heart. Justification takes place. That's a change of state. We leave the state of misery and worry and we enter the state of peace. A peace that passes all understanding. It's ours. If D.L. Moody gets it, we get it. The Lord gives it to us. He gives us His peace. Perfect peace, says in Isaiah 26. And then glorification, a change of place. Your location changes. I can't wait till we get to heaven and my whole body experiences that great change. We get to leave this valley of tears. I know some of you like the mountains and some of you like the valleys and the rivers and the lakes. But it ain't nothing compared to heaven. It's nothing compared to heaven. And what a place, what a location we will be in 
when we get there. Isn't God good? Let's stand and have a word of prayer. It's probably illegal to stop early, but I'm going to stop early because I'm done. You don't have any more notes, so we have to.